0: ON THE BLOCK, ON DEMAND! Without Jerry McInmare, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not... 10
1: wins in a row for the Crunch!
0: <laughs> it's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years! As the Orange hold off the defending national champion, they beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout! McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the
1: middle, breaks a tackle! He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone! Buffalo wins! Back to full!
0: radio 97.7 100.1 espn radio Utah, rome what's up mohawk valley great to have you along for the ride today much more comfortable day about 80 degrees still a little bit of humidity in the air but hey it's summertime man i mean actually it's fall and it's football season but i mean technically i guess it's still summer but we got football on the brain so if you're listening In Syracuse, in the Mohawk Valley, on the ESPN app, wherever you are. Or perhaps on Alexa. Don't forget that you can now put ESPN Syracuse on your smart speaker. Just search ESPN Syracuse on your Alexa app. Click Enable on the ESPN Syracuse skill. Listen to this tech nerd talk here, right? And uh, then you can tell Alexa to listen to ESPN Syracuse. So however you're taking in the program today, we greatly appreciate that you are certainly more than welcome to participate in it as well. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. And the the on-the-block text line is a great way to get in touch as well. That is 288-0644. All great ways to give us the hot takes as we go through the afternoon. We have but one guest who will join this show today. That guest is presented by Empower Federal Credit Union. He happens to be the head coach of the Syracuse University Football Orange. His name is Dino Babers. He will join me at the top of next hour for our weekly conversation. Thanks, Brent. Looking forward to it, as always. A lot to discuss about the quarterback shuffle against Western Michigan, what to expect from Wagner, and all things from the head coach, Dino Babers. He will join us next hour. We've got some hot takes to come. We'll get into some more Syracuse football discussion throughout the afternoon. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tonight, 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 tonight tonight. Tonight is your night, bro, because tonight is the start of, yes, the National Football League. We're here. We're here. Hello, football. Yes, we had some college football last weekend. We got a little appetizer with some preseason. But the real deal is here, baby. Let's get it on, man. And it just goes to show you that no matter how many controversies swirl... No matter how you feel about certain Nike ads with certain former San Francisco 49ers quarterbacks and helmet rules and all the stuff that threatens to take down the mighty national football. It comes and we get excited and we have our fantasy drafts and we'll all be there tonight watching as the Atlanta Falcons take on the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. And all the storylines will ensue, and we'll go through another season where we'll get excited, we will watch football, we will track our fantasy teams, we'll make trades in our fantasy teams, we will come here every Monday and complain about, you know, four or five awful officiating calls, some buzzer beaters, some great games, what happened on the red zone. You'll tell me about your fantasy team, even though I don't want to hear about it. And then we'll go through the week, and more things will come out, and Who's in camp? Who's not? Is Le'Veon Bell there yet? Injuries. This quarterback coming in. That quarterback going out. And then Friday comes and another football Friday arrives and we preview it all. And we go through and we get excited. And I'm going to go 6-0 and I'm going to make the picks. And we get excited about another football weekend. And then Monday comes and we complain about it all again. Now the NFL is ruined. The referees don't know what they're doing. I can't believe that team lost that way. Why is this television channel not showing my football team? I can't believe the Bills are 0-6. I'm done with football. you go through the week, you know what? Forget football. Baseball's here. World Series is here. College football. I'm more into that. But then Sunday comes... And you get excited again, and you watch the games, and the cycle continues. You get what I'm saying here. Football is such an odd thing these days because there's an ebb and flow to it, despite the efforts of Roger Goodell and ownership to try and fend off every controversy out there. The NFL is still king. It is still football. It is still something that we will watch, and I even left out – in that discussion about how bad Thursday night football is, and all these things will be discussed, but it's amazing how, unlike any sport, the NFL just perseveres. And now that gambling is becoming legal, it's not technically legal across the United States. As you know, the Supreme Court merely allowed individual states to decide what their status on sports gambling is. Uh, Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. But I think we all know, with the billions of dollars to be made, right, Coach, Billion dollars. that the NFL will be in on this soon enough and gambling will no longer be this thing that's kind of brushed off to the side that you know everybody does and kind of does it with a wink and a nudge, now it'll just be openly talked about. And it'll be out there, and maybe not this year, but within the next couple of years, it'll just be mainstream. It's already mainstream, in a sense, as the fuel that makes the National Football League as popular as it is, but now it's just going to be... Not only mainstream, but name branded, just out there, just normal. No longer got to go knock on the door, ask for Johnny, you know, who brings you to Tommy, who brings you to Billy, who brings you to Joey Bag of Donuts, who brings you in the back corner. You got to knock three times. I'm here to see Joey. What's the password? New England clam chowder. And then you got to do the secret knock. And then they bring in another room, and then you got to go see Vinny, and like, you know what I mean. Like you don't have to do that anymore. You just be able to walk in your local casino. Okay, give me fifty on the Bills this week. I don't advise betting on the Bills, but you know what I'm saying. The storylines abound. Now I'm going to give you, because speaking of for entertainment purposes only, you will want to take these picks and run the opposite way with them. I am here to provide this for you. I did a poll on Twitter today. I said, do you want my Super Bowl pick? And one of the options that I gave in that poll was yes, because I want to know to bet against it. (laughs) And that won the poll, surprisingly enough. So I'll give you my Super Bowl pick, who the playoff teams are going to be. We're going to do some NFL over-unders later in the show, kind of go over what we think is going to happen. Now, this is a constant in a league of parity. There will be at least four new playoff teams. Last year, the following teams made the playoffs in the National Football League. In the AFC.
1: The Bills make me wanna your heels up and Show. Your hands.
0: Savor the flavor, Bills fans, because uh, that ain't happening again this year.
1: I'm it happen.
0: We gotta get that in there. So Buffalo, New England, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Kansas City. Those were your AFC playoff teams a season ago. In the NFC, of course, Philadelphia, Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta, and the Los Angeles Rams. Every year by average, by law, it varies from year to year, but you can count on four new playoff teams entering the fray. So who will be some of those new playoff teams? And even new doesn't necessarily mean a team like the Bills. Like, where have you been the last 17 years? No, a new playoff team could be The Green Bay Packers, because Aaron Rodgers is healthy. The Houston Texans, because Deshaun Watson is healthy. The Los Angeles Chargers, who came close last year at nine and seven, but didn't get over the hump. Is there an upstart, say Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers, making a playoff run? Again, new doesn't necessarily mean like, hey, Detroit, been a while since Cleveland, hey, you still go to the playoffs? there will be one of those teams that would qualify as a surprise. And I look at you know teams that are built like playoff teams but maybe won't go as far this year because of how lucky they were a year ago. And I don't want this to be a slap in the face to the mighty Doug Marone and the dream job Jacksonville Jaguars. But one thing about Jacksonville, I heard this stat mentioned the other day on the Bill Simmons podcast, and it, it's just absolutely freaky. The Jacksonville Jaguars only lost three starts last year on defense due to injury. That defense stayed freakishly healthy a year ago, which, look, in the National Football League, and again, there are exceptions to all rules here, but by and large, if you're going to be a playoff team, it comes down to three things. With a fourth, that's sort of an asterisk. One is quarterback. Two is coach, three is defense, and then the one that I think for the most part everybody gets included in, but there are certain exceptions to this rule, that's health. Your quarterback stays healthy, or in the case of Jacksonville, your defense is so darn good and doesn't lose anybody and overwhelms people. And you look up in the middle of January like, damn, that team's healthy. That's rare that that happens because everybody loses somebody along the way of significance, maybe not for the whole season, but – for a certain number of games, or they're not playing 100%, or Jacksonville, and they still blew it. I mean, they blew it in that fourth quarter against New England. New England was, you know, look, they got to the Super Bowl. They're the Patriots. We're just so used to it by now. You don't even bat an eyelash. when somehow, someway, the Patriots make their way there. I'm wondering how they're going to do it, given that you could give me the rest of this show, and I could not tell you who the second-line receiver for the New England Patriots is this year, but they're the freaking Patriots. They will figure it out, and we know that. So I look at a team like Jacksonville, and I say, well, who's the team like them this year that's built to be a playoff team, stays freakishly healthy, and bumps out one of the teams that were there last year? So all the storylines begin tonight. And Philly is an intriguing one because Carson Wentz isn't quite ready to come back yet, and Nick Foles is one of the great backup stories in the history of sports, frankly, let alone the National Football League. You want to talk about a guy who seized his opportunity, came in, won the Super Bowl, got the book deal, the whole thing, will never buy another meal in that city ever again. Who knows if Carson Wentz is going to have the opportunity to play in a Super Bowl, let alone win a Super Bowl. I think he will. But the windows are short. That's why the NFL is a sport where if you got a window and you think you can make a run, you got to do it, which is why the Los Angeles Rams are a team that really intrigues me because They've got one of the best upstart young coaches in football. They've got a great quarterback. They've got a terrific defense. But they still went for it. They added in Sue. They went and added all these pieces in free agency, which sometimes, speaking of Philly, remember that Philly team a couple of years ago? That was, what, what was it, Vince Young? It, said it was like a super team, right? Sometimes when you add a little too many free agents to the room, it doesn't, make a mix that is one that carries you far. If anything, it becomes combustible and it goes the other way. So a team like that intrigues me. Can Philly make another run here? How do you handle success? New England's just going to win the AFC East by default again. I think one of the major storylines at the beginning of the season are the young quarterbacks. Sam Darnold, when he takes the field on Monday Night Football, is going to be the youngest starting quarterback in the history of football. I mean, that's significant. Josh Allen is not starting the year in Buffalo, but he will be eventually. I would not, uh, speaking of over unders, I would take the under on the number of starts that Nathan Peterman will remain the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. When will Josh Rosen take the reins in Arizona? And so on and so forth, right? All those young guys. I think they're all, I think Lamar Jackson's going to play. Maybe he doesn't unseat Joe Flacco as the starter there, but that guy's getting on the field. So the young quarterbacks putting an infusion of talent at a position which kind of lacked in recent years. There were kind of the haves and the have-nots of quarterbacks. And look, if Deshaun Watson stays healthy and Wentz stays healthy, and if, you know, look, one of the sleeper teams, and you're not really a sleeper team when everybody has you as a sleeper team, but. I look at the Chicago Bears and I say, well, boy, that team made some moves. Obviously with Khalil Mack, they drafted a terrific linebacker in Roquan Smith. If Mitchell Trubisky can just kind of go out there and even do what Tyrod Taylor did with the Bills last year, run an offense, don't make too many mistakes, keep it close to the vest, let your defense carry it, win a lot of you know, 24-20 type games, why can't that be a playoff team? One of those new teams that slip through. So we think we know. We've got it all in our head. Football is a sport where you talk yourself into things more because there's so much downtime in between games. And then we're going to meet again here in about four months, and we're going to say, boy, were we dumb. But that's what makes it great. It all starts tonight. So official predictions, some over-unders later. We can certainly talk some NFL throughout the program. you got a sleeper pick. you got a Super Bowl pick. you got a NFL thought or two. Well, today's the day, man. Get it in before the season kicks off in a few hours. We'll certainly talk some Syracuse football throughout the program, get some hot takes for you. Dino Baber's coming up later in the show. We got a lot to do. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back and hear from you at 437-7644. Talk some more football. We'll switch gears, get into some SU football, a little more on the NFL, opening up as we go through the show. It's a Thursday edition on the block presented. By Onondaga Community College's Workforce Development Program, you can learn the skills that local employers need in just two to eight months. There's more information at SUNYOCC.edu slash workforce. Back after this. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. All guests on the block join us via the pick and pull of Auburn Auto Parts and Recycling Center hotline. He's the head coach of the Orange. You knew that already. He will join us on said hatline. Top OD hour, 5 o'clock. A weekly visit with the head coach. Oh, man, sad news from the world of entertainment. And I do not say this uh, lightly, but it is very true that one of the great leading men in the history of Hollywood passed away today. And that is Burt Reynolds. Great Burt Reynolds, otherwise known as Turd Ferguson from the great Celebrity Jeopardy episodes. Eighty-two years old. Now, look, Burt Reynolds, Smokey and the Bandit, Cannonball Run, had Boogie Nights, The Resurgence. With that is just a terrific movie, and not for obvious reasons, right? But that is that's hot. Yes, exactly. Heather Graham. I mean, giddy up. But no, I'm talking. That's just a good movie. But you go back to The Longest Yard, which. It is still in the argument. I'm talking about the original, not the one when Burt Reynolds played the coach, Seth. No, the original Longest Yard. It is either that or North Dallas 40 that to this day are still kind of the leading contenders as the best football movie. And if you really think about it, we've got a lack of solid football movies, right? I mean, you have Brian's song and you have certain movies that appeal to certain things. The program was kind of, you look back on it now, and it's kind of like a, a parody of of like all the extremes about college football. It's certainly very entertaining to rewatch at times. You know, starting defense place at the table, draft day, which came out with Kevin Costner recently, is is decent, but there's really like football doesn't crack the list when it comes to just truly iconic sports movies, with the exception of the longest yard, Burt Reynolds. And what made it so great is Pert Reynolds played football. He was a quarterback at Florida State and associated himself with Florida State. I mean, you just talk about a sex symbol, leading man, the mustache, dating Lonnie, Lonnie Anderson back in the 80s. I mean, he was what a movie star was. Like, he was the epitome of a leading man. He got the ladies. He was just good-looking, fun movies, right? But then could had, the guy could act. Deliverance. I haven't even said Deliverance. Just man, you hear that? Like, wow, Burt Reynolds. And then, like I said, Saturday Night Live when Norm Macdonald kind of parodied, uh, did a parody of him and the Celebrity Jeopardies. I mean, but he always like just went along with the joke. Like Burt Reynolds loved being Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds like knew what he was and just lived it up to the nth degree. And you gotta love it. So, R.I.P. to whoever you uh, remember Burt Reynolds as: Longest Yard, The Bandit. Boogie Nights, Deliverance, Turd Ferguson. I don't know. They're all great. Hit me with that fancy open. Let's do it.
1: We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Yes! (laughs) Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: time for Hot Takes on the Block. Now we brought up the uh, Le'Veon Bell thing a little bit with um, Eric's prediction before the the uh, break, and Le'Veon Bell, according to some of his teammates, uh, according to one veteran on the team, he bleeped us. I'm adding the bleep there. It's a word. It's naughty. It rhymes with truck. I think you understand what it is. Uh, said Mike Pouncey on the record, "Quote: If you don't want to be here, it is what it is. Hold out ten weeks." Now, what he's referring to is that Le'Veon Bell, Pouncey once thought, was going to show up on Wednesday and to, quote, count on it. Well, Wednesday came and went, and he's not there. Bell can hold out through 10 weeks. Every week he holds out, that's $850,000 that he costs himself. Now, he can get a $14 million franchise tag when he shows up, but his agent is holding out here for best long-term interests. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, have made it clear that their long-term interests are not to have Le'Veon Bell around. He's 26 years old, by the way. is one of the best running backs in football. What we have seen in recent, just the last few weeks, Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't necessarily holding out from the Giants, right? It was kind of a working partnership. They kind of understood each other. It was just a matter of the numbers. Record deal. Aaron Donald, record deal. Khalil Mack had a standoff with the Oakland Raiders and won because he's in Chicago now, has his extension, and is making, for like five minutes, was the highest paid defensive player in football, right? Or wait, no, he topped Aaron Donald. So still, he's up there. The Steelers are dug in on Bell. The difference between this one and the other ones is You didn't hear any of the Giants complaining about it. You didn't hear any of the Rams complaining about it. Now the Raiders, there's some grumbling coming out of that locker room. and John Gruden hasn't coached a day there, and he's probably already lost that locker room, right? But it wasn't until the very end when a lot of members of the Raiders, Derek Carr included, were tweeting not-so-cryptic messages about how they felt about that move, right? But here we are, members of the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line, his guys— his hogs up front, the ones that clear the path for him to make the money he does, are grumbling. So that's what Eric's prediction earlier is on Mark here, because can Mike Tomlin clean up this mess? Because they got a big problem now. It's one of those, that's hot. darned if you do, darned if you don't, because what you say in public is, oh, we can win without him, we will press forward, we can only worry about who's here. But every player in that locker room knows they're not a playoff team without Le'Veon Bell. They're just not. And if I'm wrong on that, good for them. They prove me wrong. But they are not a playoff team without him. They're a good team without him. They could be nine and seven without him. They're not a playoff team without Le'Veon Bell. So factor that into your playoff predictions. And a lot of fantasy football players out there are certainly like, so it's uh, I took you uh, first in my draft. So you're you're you're, you're, you're gonna you're, you're gonna show up, right? This is you No, know, really, like you're gonna show up because. Seriously, I took you my first pick. You know, like you, you got, you, you got to be there, man. This story just breaks my heart. So Shohei Ohtani hit two home runs on the same day that he was told he would need Tommy John surgery. This is one of those things. Like, remember at the beginning of the season when we were told how Shohei Ohtani was going to be the next big star in baseball, and I didn't have any reason to doubt anyone that said this because of the unique aspect of the story, great pitcher, great hitter, two-way player, rare that we see that in baseball these days. It was unfair to invoke Babe Ruth, but, you know, it just doesn't happen anymore, and he wanted to do both, and the Angels were willing to try it, and then he got hurt, and now we know he needs Tommy John surgery. And its You talk about, look, it's not necessarily like Jeremy Lynn type of, you know, for two weeks you're the greatest thing in the world, but for like two weeks all we could talk about was how – Shohei Otani was just going to revolutionize baseball, be the next big thing. Came in, wanted the record money for those. It's always interesting to me how you get these Japanese players or Asian players that kind of just like, okay, let the bidding begin. And five teams have to like throw themselves at the agent and the and the team that has his rights. And it's like, here's $50 million just so we can sign you to a contract. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. This is by no means over, but when you say the name Tommy John, you know what that means. You get that surgery, he was gone for a year. So that didn't quite work out the way we thought it was. It's maybe still Cam. And I think everybody was under the impression that at some point you were going to have to pick one or something would derail this or he'd get lost. And not that Mike Trout stands out in terms of a marketing standpoint, he's just the best player in the game, but there's still time for this to work but he in no way became as mainstream as many were predicting him to be. I think a lot of you listening right now are like, oh, yeah, that guy. What happened to him? And here is yet another example as we go to our next thing uh, of why baseball is a month too long. I've given you many examples of that this week, and here's the latest. Detroit Tigers broadcasters Mario Mm -hmm. Impemba, am I saying that correctly, boys, and Rod Allen – who have been the Tigers' TV voices since 2003, got in a fight in the booth on Tuesday. Now, remember, we told you about the Seattle Mariners who got in a fight in their clubhouse that spilled through the clubhouse. We've got the player for the San Diego, Will Myers, right, for the San Diego Padres, who was saying bad things about his manager on all things a Fortnite stream. And now we got broadcasters fighting in the booth. On Wednesday, Matt Shepard and Kirk Gibson uh, replaced those two in the booth. Now, two things come to mind. One is something I just mentioned. Yet another reason why baseball is just too darn long. You're in the booth with somebody every day. After 140 games, you get sick of them. And we got to fight in the booth. The second thing is, if we had a ESPN Syracuse Royal Rumble, I'm thinking like fighting in the booth, right? So if we took everybody on this radio station, so let's go through it. Okay, we got Baldwin, Josh, Paulie, Forrest, you've got Seth and Infante, you've got Matt Park, and well, Paulie doesn't count twice, but Paulie's on that show. Then of course this program with myself and Seth. We already said, Seth, I know that, but just bear with me. I don't know if we include the interns in there, but clearly there would be a Baldwin-Ax finale in that one, right? Because let's go through the Royal Rumble. So Josh would immediately be eliminated because Josh is, and I say this with all love in my heart, and I can say this because he's my boy, he's fat and out of shape and would just want to get out of there. So he's done, Forrest would get lost in the ring and find his way out somehow. Like, he would just, like, fall out. So he's he's gone. I think Infani would not want to ruin that, you know, face for television. And there would be a rule, like in the man fight, we said no hitting in the face, everything else is fair game. But I feel like Infani would, would kind of take, like, a shot to the face and would disqualify himself because you know you, you got to keep the television image going. So I think he would duck out. I think Goldberg would hang around for a while. I'm going to give Seth more credit than you think, because Seth was actually a pretty key player in my hockey game. He scored a goal. He was tough. He had a lot of solid shifts. I think he would stick around longer. I think there's a lot of pent-up rage there. I think Seth and Paulie would There'd be, that'd be like a grudge match for a while. They'd be going at it. Like they'd have their own match in one corner of the ring. But eventually I think Seth eliminates Paulie, I eliminate Seth and then it's down to me and Baldwin. And I think I've I think that would be a good match. Baldwin's bigger than me. He's you know, he's in shape. He's played a lot of roles acting wise where he kind of knows the moves. So I I am not opposed to the thought that I could lose that. Like, that would be be a showdown. But clearly, an ESPN Syracuse Royal Rumble would come down to Baldwin versus Axe. And it could be like one of those, he wins the first one, but it sets up the rematch kind of thing. Like, you know, there's just a whole deal there. All this inspired by the idea that real broadcasters were fighting in the Detroit Tigers booth. Did I leave anybody out of the ESPN Syracuse Royal Rumble? We could I mean we could get some salespeople in here. I don't know if Ed would want to participate, and then no one would want to hit the boss. We'd kind of have to let him win. Um am I forgetting anybody, boys? I think I got them all, right? I don't know if we get the weekend guys in here. I think we get Bristol from the high school show. I might be forgetting one or two people here, but we could bring back Max. We could bring, you know, I could drag Rick Diulio from TK ninety nine in here. See, I, I only said ESPN Syracuse, and a couple names I mentioned also work for other stations here. What if we did, like, a Galaxy Royal Rumble? Get the K-Rock guys in there, get the TK guys in here, get Sunny 102. I mean, I, could, I, I know I could take Rick Gary. I'm not sure about Gary Dunes. I don't know if Gary would want to ruin his hair, but um, Gary Dunes can, I, I heard he can throw down. So we shall see. That's hot. This would be a terrific event. I think we should do this now. We should do this for charity. Someone else can organize it, because I'm too lazy to do such a thing. What do you think of my uh, analysis of the ESPN Syracuse Royal Rumble, Seth? I think I gave you more credit than uh, you thought I would, in that sense, right? I uh, I did. think
1: you'd hang around. You gave me more credit than I expected yeah. you to. Yeah. Uh, Baldwin would kick all of our asses.
0: I think so. He's a big dude. Yes. He's a big dude. Yes. I, and I say that with all love in my heart. Like He's in shape. Like, he's a big he's, guy. He's a big dude. I think I can hang in for a while, but I think hey, eventually... is he in shape? Well, that's debatable,
1: yeah. but... <laughs> he's a big know. guy. He's, like, he's just taller than all of us. You know, like, he's just taller and, and like, his body is, you know, filled I out to his height. I think I can height. hang he's in, in like there for a while. Nike. Right, yeah, but uh, a, a few suplexes no, he would, from Baldwin, he would and I, kill I think us I'd stop out. He would kill us all. Yeah. I think you and Paulie would um,
0: grudge match
1: for, like, you a solid not, 45 minutes. You did not mention Salzone. Is does Joe, Joe count? Is Joe in? Joe does like one update on yes. the station all day. He's on for a minute, so I guess that
0: technically gets him in. So if he's on the station for a minute, I think he'd last for about a minute in this thing. I think Joe, Joe can
1: face Tommy in round one. Yeah, there you go. I forgot about Tommy. He could
0: get in there. Joe, like, I'm, I, how can I say this? Is a wuss? Like he <laughs> naturally stays <laughs> he, away from yes. conflicts. So yes, he does. I think Joe would be like forget this, I'm out of here. Somebody eliminate me. He would tap, and, and he'd be he would tap out
1: before it he would, started. He would, he would just be he, like, He'd be done. fine with that. I'm out of here. He'd be absolutely yep. fine
0: with that. Like Think of how reluctantly Joe participated in that basketball
1: thing a few months Did, ago. Can you call that participation? You weren't there. Did, I was not there. But he he didn't. Re, we were playing three on two when he wasn't it's there. It's the same and thing. And we like, were going. He, see, it wasn't fair. He was fair. a placeholder. He would it be a placeholder in this, too. But see, that wasn't fair. Because it was three on two. And the the team with three had Eric Dievendorf.
0: Yeah, that's. That's a mismatch.
1: Yeah, just a bit. Right
0: there. Axe versus Baldwin, would you agree? Championship match? Probably. Okay. You go.
1: I think I would beat Paulie.
0: I think you would. That'd be a hell of a match though. I think I would beat Paulie. A lot of aggression. Yes, between Goldberg <laughs> and Paulie. <laughs> yes. So that would take a while. It's all just like held back. Oh, we forgot Seth Everett. Yes, yeah, Seth Coach Everett game show. I'm not sure what his uh, wrestling prowess is. I don't know if he could hang around. It would be like a virtual fight. Good thought. Good thought. Now we got to make this happen. I've talked about it enough. I've got it in my head. Now we got to find a ring and we got to do this thing. You in? No. Okay. Good to know. Thanks. <laughs> Great. All right, let's break Not on that. No.
1: Actually, no. We got Dino
0: Babers coming up, who would destroy all of us in a match like that in about two minutes. We'll hear from the head coach on Wagner Review Game One. We will give you our NFL over-unders next hour, give you some predictions for the upcoming NFL season. A lot to do. Hang in there.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.